Everything that's really good, that's really good, is not any good for you. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. Would like to share just a little brief humor that uh, was in my email box this week. And it simply reads, a psychiatrist secretary walks into his study and says, there's a gentleman in the waiting room asking to see you, claims he's invisible. The psychiatrist responds, tell him I can't see him. (laughs) I see it took some of you all a second to get that one. A little little delayed reaction there, but um, I'm glad you got it. (laughs) Well, open your Bible, if you will, up to the book of 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And I like to look at, um, let's look at verse, we'll begin with verse 24 and we'll read verses 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Let's begin reading in unison with verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Ready? Let's read together. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth For the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And I want to focus on on verse 27. I'd like to read it in some other translations. Uh, One translation says, I keep my body under control and make it my slave. Another translation says, I discipline my body, training it to do what it should. Amplified Bible says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships and subdue it. And here's my favorite one. I love this translation. It says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. And so I just want to use as a subject, controlling your flesh, controlling your flesh. I like uh, the Amplified Bible there. He, He uses the imagery. He said, like a boxer, 
I buffet my body. Buffet means one blow after another. And when you really study it in the Greek, it means to bruise the face under the eyes. In other words, he says, I I give my body black eyes. I hit it where it really hurts to show my body who is in charge. And so he treats it like he's actually a championship boxer. He buffets his body one blow after another. He disciplines it, subdues it. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. So we're talking about controlling, controlling your flesh. How many of you know your flesh sometimes can have a mind of its own? It wants to do its own thing. It wants to do what's easy. It wants to do what's convenient. It wants to do what feels good. Sometimes it's downright lazy. <laughs> it's pleasure-seeking. And so our flesh, our body, our carnal selves left to itself uh, really would have our lives in ruin. And, and in fact, some lives are in ruin because the body has had so much control, so much, and it's just really been out of control. And so it leads our lives into all types of trouble. We end up displeasing God and failing morally. We also fail physically and in other areas of our lives when, our, when we don't properly control our flesh and bring it under subjection and, and dominate it and rule over it and master it, the flesh. I, I, um, I really like to see people who have highly disciplined lives, who really uh, control their bodies and, and their wills and their, their flesh, who, who really have a, a mastery over themselves. I love to see people that have very rigorous regiments and who are just really hard on themselves. Someone said, if you're hard on yourself, then the world will be easy on you. It's because when, we, when you discipline yourself, everything else will become easier in life when you're first hard on yourself. I have a, I have a friend of mine and he tells me a little bit about his, his uh, one of uh, the things in his regiment. He told me, he said, every morning I go jogging at 4.30 a.m. He said, every morning without fail, I go outside and I go jogging at 4.30 a.m. He said, it doesn't matter if it's raining, sleeting, snowing, hailing. It doesn't matter if there's an ice storm. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, every morning at 4.30, my body knows. My body knows. He says, some mornings it wants to lie there, but I drag it out of bed. And I force shoes on his feet. And I force pants on his legs. And I force a shirt and a jacket on him. And I push it out of the door. (laughs) But here's somebody who literally took charge of his body. And he told his body what to do. He took mastery over his body. So I love to see people like that, that that just have extreme control and mastery in their, in their lives, over their body, over their will and emotions and subduing the flesh. Uh, some people would want God to simply control us. 
Some people would just want God to make us do right, but that's not the way it works. God intends for you to subdue your body, for you to subdue your flesh, for you to make yourself do the things that you need to do, the things that need to get done, for you to have control over your flesh. And so that's something that God leaves He leaves to us. He leaves that to us. I was talking to another young lady that I I, I worked with the other day, and she she was telling me about the uh, harshness and the severity of her workout program. She she says, my husband and I, we work out two hours every morning at 5 a.m., two hours every morning. She said, we do an hour and 20 minutes of cardio and then we do about 45, 50 minutes of weight training. She said, and it's intense, but she said, we do it without fail. And she has the results. She, you can look at her and tell that she has that type of regimented, disciplined life and body. And so I, I just really love to see people who, who have some mastery in their lives. And so God intends for all of us to have a certain mastery over our flesh, over our desires, over our wills, over our appetites. Do you, do you know that, that that's one of the areas that we really have to control our flesh is in our, the area of our appetite? It seems like everything that tastes good is bad for you. Everything, I mean, everything that's really good that's really good is not any good for you. You know, you think about the, the barbecue and the fried chicken and the ribs and the, and the macaroni and cheese and the smothered yams. I mean, when you think about the, when you, am I making anybody hungry? <laughs> when you think about the, 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 the pie and ice cream and cake, the pizza, when you think about everything that tastes good, all of these things are really detrimental to your flesh and you have to really exercise control, control. The Bible says in the the book of Proverbs chapter 23, you don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 23, 2, it speaks about having this control over our appetites. And it says that if you are a person who are uh, uh, lose yourself to appetite, in other words, if you overeat, it says you ought to treat yourself as if a man had a knife to your throat and threatened you to eat another bite. That's the way you ought to treat yourself. As if somebody, you ever seen movies where somebody will grab a hostage and hold a knife to their throat? Well, that's what the Bible is saying. You ought to, you ought to treat yourself as if somebody has grabbed you and put a knife to your throat and dare you to eat another bite. In other words, the Bible says, hey, you got to exercise control over your appetite. You got to exercise control over your appetite. That's not something that God will do for you. God has given you the power. He's given you the ability to control your own appetite. And there are a list of areas, and, and if we have time permitting, we'll, we'll go through some other areas that, that we should exercise control. But appetite is one of them. I remember a few months ago seeing a television program, and it was a television program about people who were severely obese. I mean, I'm talking about people who were weighing, you know, close to a thousand pounds. And they showed this, 
This one gentleman, he was so heavy, he could not even get out of bed. He just hadn't walked in a few years because he was just so heavy, he couldn't support himself any longer. And so they were finally going to take him to the hospital to give him some surgery and so forth. And they had a problem. They couldn't even get him out of the door. The door frame was too small because he'd been in there a few years and he had grown larger and larger. And so they ended up having the fire department had to literally take out a wall to get him out of his room. But when they interviewed him, some, some, something interesting he said when he talked about how he had lost control, he said it got to a point where he couldn't help himself any longer. He said it just he said it got to a point where he felt trapped by his own body. He was literally a prisoner of his own body. And he said, I feel like a man who's trapped. I can't get out. And he said, I'm he said, I'm just stuck. And I'm driven by my own appetite. I'm driven by my own lust for food and gratifying my own flesh. And it's so severe that I can't even do anything about it, but lay here helpless, depending on others to take me to the hospital. And so our appetites is, 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 a, is one of the areas where, it, uh, where we need to be able to exercise uh, control over our flesh. Turn to your neighbor and say, control your appetite. Control your appetite. Control your appetite. You'd be surprised certain um, cravings and the way the, fl- the flesh will operate. It'll give you certain desires and cravings and promptings. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just it, it gives you a taste for certain things. Sometimes you just uh, you feel driven by some addiction that has come from an appetite. Some, for some people, it's coffee. Some people can't even, they can't even begin their day without a cup of coffee. And so now this coffee bean is now exercising authority over your life. For some people, it's sweets. For some people, it's sweet. They have to have, I remember uh, years ago when I was a teenager and I had, I had just gotten my driver's license, I was addicted to Snickers candy bar. And I was so happy that I had my driver's license because that meant I could go and buy me one whenever I wanted one, whenever I had the urge, whenever I had the craving. And I want you to know that craving started coming more and more often, more and more frequently, to the point, got to the point where every day after school, I found myself driving to the store, buying me a Snickers bar. Every day like clockwork. And then one day I realized, I said, wait a minute, this has gotten out of control. I'm addicted here. This, this sugar has addicted me. And I had to literally, consciously make a concerted effort to break that addiction. And to this day, I don't eat sneakers because I remember what it did to me back in high school. I remember the power it started exerting over my life, and I didn't like that one bit. And so these little addictions that can come from food cravings, whether it's caffeine or chocolate or sugar or salt, for some people it's cigarettes. For some people, some people have such a, uh, the nicotine addiction has gripped their bodies. They are no longer in control. The cigarettes are in control. We've come across cases where people have had severe illnesses, life-threatening diseases, yet 
They couldn't stop smoking. They had lung cancer, but still smoking, still under its, under its power, still under its influence, just couldn't break the habit, couldn't shake the habit. Um, I was talking with one nurse who actually attends this church, and she told me, she said, I've seen people so addicted to cigarettes that they have had when they have had the procedure in their throats where they have a trachea cut in. She said, I've walked in rooms and seen cigarettes hanging out of the trachea hole. She said, that's the power that people have subjected themselves to be under the influence where the flesh rises up in its addictions and in its cravings and in its promptings. And before you know it, this flesh is ruling over us, is ruling over our lives. And so that's why the Apostle Paul there in our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 27, he was really, he was really upset about it. And he, and he said, he said, that's why I handle my body so roughly. I have to remind my body who's in charge here. You're not in charge. A coffee bean is not going to rule over me. A cigarette's not going to rule over me. A piece of fried chicken is not going to rule over me. A piece of chocolate cake is not going to have dominion over me. And we can go, we can go on and on. We can go on and on. And so he had, he said, he said, buddy, I'll beat your, I'll beat you black and blue. I'll beat my body. And that's what it literally means. That word buffet means to beat the face under the eyes until they turn black. He, in other words, he said, I'll, sometimes when, you, when you're tempted and you're trying to get over a craving, you ought to just slap yourself. You ought to just slap yourself. When, you, when you're going in there for that chocolate, just slap yourself. Just slap yourself. Say, I'll beat. You ought to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'll beat, I'll beat you down. <laughs> I'll beat you down. And that's, that's literally, that's literally the way the apostle part, that's the way he had to handle his flesh. He had to get tough with it. You got to show your flesh who's in charge, who's in control, who's running the show. You got to, you got to do that. You got to do that. Turn to your name and say, hit yourself sometime. You got to hit yourself. Get tough with yourself. We've been, see what has happened. We've been too wimpy and we've allowed our flesh We've allowed our flesh to just run us. Amen. It'll lay there in bed, don't want to get up. It don't want to pray, so we lay there. It doesn't want to read the Bible, so we lay there. It doesn't want to work out, so we lay there. It doesn't want to go to work. It, it doesn't feel right, so it just lay. And it's running the show. You snatch yourself out of bed and say, hey, flesh, get out of here. You, we're getting ready to go on a five-mile run. How you like that? <laughs> Discipline your flesh. Get hard with it. Get rough with it. Get rough. Take charge. Take charge. The Lord dealt with me recently about that. I had let an area of my flesh take control. And then the Lord brought me right back to 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, hey, put that in check. I said, yes, sir, Lord, I see that. I got up and I said, flesh, that's the end of that. That'll never happen again. I, you know, I took, I saw, I saw this. I said, I see it, Lord. I'm in control. Like, here I was sitting here and allowing my flesh to run my life. I was sitting here allowing my flesh to run this area and it was just out of control. Here's the thing about the flesh. Once the flesh gets a foothold in, it doesn't slow down. It mashes on the gas. And it's going to start bringing you back more and more. And it's going to bring you back with a stronger intensity. And when it gets in there and gets set, it's going to have you doing it more and more often. And it's going to have you doing it with a greater intensity. That's what it, until it gets to the point where it's ruling, mastering, and controlling your life. 
That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So it wants to get in there. It wants to get in there and have complete control. It wants to get in the driver's seat. I had a lady that, that told me, she's, she's actually a member here. She told me, she said, you know, she said, I was addicted to cigarettes. And she said, she said, you were preaching on a series called The Greatness of God. And she said, as I sat under that series, listening to the greatness of God, I was able to break the power of the addiction of nicotine. And she said, I stopped smoking just by listening to you talk about the greatness of God. Well, what happened there? Well, her spirit man realized who he was. Her spirit man realized that he's made in the image of God, that he had the authority over his body. That he could literally exercise dominion over his body where the flesh had caused this weakness and this addiction to rule. And so her spirit man simply rose up and put the flesh where it belonged. She said, I stopped smoking right in the midst of your sermon series on the greatness of God. On the greatness of God. Those of you out there who are listening, you might want to go. If you're struggling with cigarettes, go listen to that whole series on the greatness of God. See if it'll help shake you out of that addiction the same way it did that dear, dear woman who, who was freed from that addiction. Now, here's the thing. Um, when you're dealing with the flesh, you got to understand, um, you know, sometimes that there are spirits that, that can be in people influencing their behavior, bad spirits and demonic spirits. And you can know you can have those cast out. But I have a news flash for you. You can't cast out your flesh. You can't cast your flesh out. Your flesh lives there. Your, turn to your neighbor and say, your flesh lives there. <laughs> your flesh is you. So you can't cast you out. You live there. And so you have to deal with the flesh. You have to train the flesh. You have to discipline the flesh. You have to subdue the flesh. And so uh, we do that by taking God's word. We do that by uh, listening to the prompting of, of God's spirit in our lives and following his leading in our lives in order to, to bring the flesh under control, to, to subdue it and to have dominion over it, to control it and not just allow it to run rampant and, and have us living any kind of way. And that's why the Apostle Paul, he was saying, you know, he was saying, you know, if, if athletes can discipline themselves to win a medal and they go through great hardships, the way they subdue their desires and their appetites and their lifestyle and their bodies, they make their bodies go to bed at a certain time and they make their bodies eat a certain diet and they make their bodies have a certain uh, regimen and exercise and training. And she, he said, they're so disciplined. And he said, my God, he said, I'm going to treat myself the same way. I'm going to treat myself as if I am training for the Olympics. In terms of my spiritual walk, in terms of my Christianity, in terms of of the way I live my life before God, I'm going to discipline. He said, if they can do it for a temporary crown that will fade away, how much more should we do it for an eternal crown full of glory that will last 
forever. Those of you who are watching my television or listening, I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, message number 7454, Controlling Your Flesh. You can hear it in its entirety, absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend, absolutely free of charge. But thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. This ends message number 7454 by C. Elijah Bronner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 7454 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This was Controlling Your Flesh by C. Elijah Bronner. This message was number 7454. That's 7454. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.